You're listening to Sober Onions Podcast, where we peel back the layers of sobriety, featuring your host, Crystal Morrell. We're really looking forward to the future of this podcast. We're very excited. The last week, we've been setting up quite a few guest speakers. We're going to have people here. They're going to be sharing their journeys, their successes, and how they have recovered from their addictions. So stay tuned and follow and subscribe. I wanted to shout out to one of our listeners, Sarah from Florida wrote, Hey Crystal, I'm not sure if you remember me. We taught Zumba and hip hop and all that fun stuff periodically over the years. I just listened to your podcast and I am super proud of your courage it took to do that. I just lost my best friend a little over a year and a month ago due to alcohol. She was the one who actually introduced me to Zumba when I first moved to Florida many, many years ago. I will definitely be following your journey and really wish that my friend Anna was here today to listen to your story. Took a lot of courage to put yourself out there for so many people to hear, but just as you changed so many lives with dance fitness, now you have this wonderful opportunity to potentially change lives in such a different fashion. Thank you so much, Sarah. I really appreciate that, especially because I was really praying about it and I wasn't sure if this is the direction that God wanted me to go with having a podcast, but I really feel like he is directing me and he is blessing me with lots of feedback and support. So with that, let's talk drinking. Unfortunately, like Sarah's story, there are many, many deaths due to alcohol and addiction of substances. Not all things lead to alcohol, but today we are going to talk about alcohol. Since COVID, annually, we are having about 95,000 people die annually due to alcohol-related accidents. 68,000 are from men and 27,000 are from women. Since COVID, everyone has stated that they have drank more and at work they have been drinking more. What's interesting about drinking during work is that it is so common. Actually, due to a couple studies that I'll put into the show notes, about 15% of the workforce is under the influence of alcohol or drug substances while work. Unfortunately for me, that has been something of my past that I am working through in my recovery. I went through a huge transformation in my 30s and after my kids were doing their own thing I decided I wanted to become a flight attendant and actually I was working as a bartender at a bar and I had met someone who thought I had this great personality and she said you know one of my friends is hiring flight attendants you would be a great flight attendant and I thought wow this would be a great new chapter in my life I love to travel. I've been all over the world. I've lived in Australia and Fiji. I love Canada. I mean, my mind just started racing. Like, this could be the life for me. Well, I ended up going through the whole interview process and I was accepted into the training program, which was an incredible opportunity. At that time, I was still drinking heavily, but mostly at night just kind of as nightcaps after work and during work of course because I was bartending there was usually some drinks here and there as well which sometimes was acceptable depending on where I was working and what I was doing when I was a manager of course it was not acceptable but sometimes you could get away with it as a bartender so 
I went through the training and the training was extremely hard, especially for me. I was in my late 30s and I was in a very young class and everyone had just gotten out of college or high school and it had been many years for me. So I wasn't used to going to school or doing homework or even doing all of the skill sets that I was required to do. I'm a fast learner and I'm very smart. So I studied and studied and I still incorporated my alcohol. It ended up even being fun. I had some parties at my house. We did some study parties with wine. And of course no one knew my problem was that I was a regular drinker and then some. So trying to figure out how I was going to do this professional career was extremely hard and I had to get very sneaky. The hangovers were miserable, especially when I had to wake up early and be on time and then be in class for eight hours and do drills and test and memorization and just having that massive headache and just fear that I couldn't remember anything. But I worked extra hard, passed everything that I needed to pass, and I did not change my ways. And I continued to drink, and I would drink at night to where I still had really bad hangovers. And unfortunately, I was on a flight, and the night before, I had had a book club, and we all drank very heavily, and I was working the next day, not a big deal. I wasn't flying by myself, but when I got there... I was told that I could not fly because they could smell the alcohol coming through my skin because I was sweating. And from that moment, then I was then basically flagged and I lost my wings and I was not allowed to fly. The airlines take it very, very seriously and of course they should. No one wants to have someone in a safety situation when they're hung over intoxicated and it was humiliating it was embarrassing it was very private um I didn't tell anyone to this day a very small circle knows it was super embarrassing I basically just played it off that I had a better opportunity and which at the time I did but that didn't that didn't cover up the fact that I lost my wings because I was hungover. And if you are in a position where you're drinking every night and you're having to go to work and you're miserable or you're having to drink on the job, trust me, it is no fun. And at some point, it will come to an end. So if you can get help before then, it's going to save you a lot of heartache and there's some resources out there for you. And they were there for me, but I wasn't ready. I knew that this was actually the second time that I had come into a job-related situation with alcohol. The, um, the other situation was I was managing a restaurant. And I had an event that I was going to afterwards. And so I was bringing my own alcohol to that event. And it was a really busy night. And in my office, I put that alcohol in my office. And 
it was through the middle of the night. One of the directors brought me to the side and he said, uh, we need to go to your office. And I said, okay. And when we got to the office, he had that liquor bottle on top of my desk. And he said, you are an incredible person. I've never seen anybody work so hard. You have done more for this restaurant than anybody ever has. And he said, but you need some help. And he goes, because I respect you, I'm going to let you walk out of here and not come back. And you can deal with it however you want on your end. But I lost my job. And it was really hard. Um, it, again, was so embarrassing. I didn't know what to do. I was a pillar in the community. And I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to tell my kids. At that point, I was, you know, PTO president at the school. I was very involved everywhere. And I knew I had a problem. So at that point, I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to quit drinking. And so I did for like a week or maybe a couple weeks, you know, just because I was so hit hard with this incredible humiliation. And right away, I got a job and I went on to the next chapter and that little incident, you know, cured me for a while. I didn't drink on the job. Didn't mean I didn't come hungover, but I kept that to myself, but I wonder if I would have gotten help then, you know, how much could have been solved in my life. And even now this, you know, me being so raw and being open, sharing these personal things with you, I hope that it can just reach somebody out there that maybe they're in the same situation. Maybe they feel so alone and that was part of it. Maybe I just felt like I felt like no one would understand and it was just bad timing. Like there's so many other people out there doing the same exact thing and they're not getting caught. But I was. And in the meantime, I was still raising kids and struggling with that, struggling with everything around it. And so that was before COVID. COVID changed everything for a lot of people. People started drinking at work because they were working from home. And I know that I met some people in detox and in my rehabilitation, and they shared that, that that was part of the reason was during COVID, they just started drinking so much that their lives became unmanageable. So like I said, because we're on the topic of drinking at work, and we will go through so many different subjects. But if you are wanting to share your story, or maybe you just want to share that you're having some similar situations at work, or maybe you're struggling to get to work because you are so hungover. Drinking and driving is huge too. Uh, a lot of people have lost loved ones because of drinking and driving. And we will go over that in a different episode. I don't want to bring us totally down, but I want you to know that I'm a real person that has some really big issues in my past, and I'm here to tell you that if I can get through them, we can get through them. I mean, I know that's my slogan, but it is true because I'm very, very stubborn, and I'm set in my ways, and for me to be working this hard on myself is 
very difficult. And I am peeling back all those layers. Again, why I chose the Sober Onions podcast. And I'm sharing with you everything that I possibly can to make you understand that you are not alone and that we're going to show you how people have recovered. That if you're struggling with addiction, and I know some people have struggled with other addictions and it's led to alcohol or they quit alcohol and they're addicted to something else. I know for me right now, I crave sugar. I am constantly wanting sugar and I know that that has to do with my alcohol withdrawals. What's crazy is I've learned a lot about that. The liver, the organ that processes the alcohol that you drink, is in charge of releasing the glucose in your blood. So alcohol stops this from happening, causing your blood sugar to drop. That's why alcohol withdrawal and sugar cravings happen so frequently. What's funny is, is the craving only lasts six minutes. So it's like if I can get through those six minutes of craving, then on we go. But for some reason, those six minutes of craving sugar and chocolate are so real for me. And it could just be that I'm in my 40s and I'm a woman and I love chocolate. Or I'm just having alcohol withdrawals. Who knows? Anyways, well, thank you guys so much for listening to episode two. Please go to the Instagram, sober.onions, and follow, as well as Facebook, Sober Onions, TikTok, Sober Onions, and anything you want to talk about, soberonions at AOL.com. And also, you're going to be seeing sponsors and patrons on the website www.soberonions.com. I'm really excited about this adventure. I've got a lot of great guests coming. I just want to say thank you for your support. Thank you for listening to all of my deep dark secrets. And like I said before, if I can do it, we can do it. Thank you for listening to Sober Onions Podcast. All episodes, show notes, and resources are available at soberonions.com.